forever. Dog. Gerard wanted to ask you about your skin regimen real quick. I just want to know before we start because your skin looks flawless and I'm trying to I'm trying to pres- like trying to make sure mine stays moisturized. I just wonder is it water, you know, cocoa butter, like, you know, shea, shea butter o- o- oil free moisturizer. Oil free moisturizer. Okay. Okay. Listen, you think it's a game. I'm about to write that down. Oh, on the, and also, once you find what works, stay with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. <laughs> Damn, that was so smooth. God dang, that was... <laughs> oh, man. You could, I can feel my five heartbeats right there. John, don't do yeah. this. We have it. John, we got to get... Don't, don't embarrass No, I got to laugh, so, you know, I don't know if that was embarrassing. I feel like that was... It was pretty... You know, I, I'm just trying to be smooth. Your five individual heartbeats, you can feel them. Yeah, because, you know, you, you heard it. Wait, just start the show, John. We, All we, right, uh-huh. let's start the show. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Gerard Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. I know everything that's going on in these streets. Oh, okay. That's from A Day to Die. Yeah. See, I, I went to, you, I did a quote from A Day to Die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I thought you were going <laughs> to sing, a, I thought you were going to sing a fire heartbeat I song. was going to sing, but I was like, I'm not trying to embarrass myself. I'm going to do a line from, <laughs> I'm going to do a line from A Day to Die. <laughs> I'm a, and I'm appreciate you keeping it current. <laughs> yeah, you know what respect, I'm saying? Respect, respect. <laughs> oh, goodness, respect. For those of you who are listening to us for the first time, we are a film review podcast. We review the films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. But today, we have a very, very special guest. Wait, hold on, Bray. I got to do my drums. I mean, hold on. he needs no real introduction. Oh, Bray. Okay. No, I got to do, especially, I got to do my drums. Hold on. All right. Okay. Wow. Leon's <laughs> in the studio with us, everyone. Please welcome Leon. Thank you. Leon, this is a delight. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. Can't wait to get into this with you. Hell yeah. You know you cool as hell, just the first name. I'm trying to get on that. <laughs> That's some cool shit right there. I love that. <laughs> for those who don't know, Leon is starring in the film A Day to Die, starring also Bruce Willis uh, and Frank Grillo, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Frank Grillo and Kevin Dillon. Grillo, that's right. Yes, Kevin and Dillon. Kevin Dillon, directed by Wes Miller. Fire. It is in select theaters and on demand March 1st, 4th, which is, which is now. So guys, please go and see that. And yeah, I mean, we wanted to, you know, honestly... We're pretty huge fans of you on the show, so this is this is special for us, I would say. I appreciate that. We're breaking tradition out here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we recently took a look at The, the, the Five Heartbeats, of course, uh, which is an incredible film directed by the legend Robert Townsend, starring Leon, uh, Robert Townsend himself, Michael Wright, Harry J. Lennox, Harold Nicholas, Tika Wells. I mean... It, it honestly a stacked cast, like, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and not only is it stacked, if you saw the people that came out to audition for it, you would have blown your mind. I don't know if any of you saw the. I don't know if any of you saw the making of the Five Heartbeats. If you saw that documentary that Robert did, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces that came out to audition for that movie. <laughs> what? Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah, that, I mean, like it's so interesting. Like we we've talked about this kind of period of time in, in black cinema because I feel like there was a nice renaissance in the early. 90s of black cinema mm-hmm. and it feels like you know it kind of it took a dip in the 2000s for whatever reason there was yeah. you know there were so many incredible black filmmakers and actors and then as we've talked about many times on this podcast hollywood kind of stopped giving those people respect i mean there's many reasons for that but this time and you were certainly a part of that and robert townsend was as well he made so many incredible films but this one the five heartbeats if you haven't seen it it basically follows fictional group uh kind of in the vein of like a temptations uh a motown group that kind of the rise and fall uh of this boy band which is also interesting too i always think about the fact that like boy bands were it's like 
I, what was that documentary that talked about how white people kind of basically stole the black boy because black black boy bands were a thing, and then white people were like, "Oh, we should, oh, we should do that. We yeah. should kind of just." There was a, there was a doc. Oh crap! I saw it on YouTube, and it just goes through like how boys. Oh oh no no! It's one on Netflix it's called "That's a Pop" or "This Is Pop," and they talk about like the effect boys the men had on every white boy band after them how they all just wanted to be boys and men but end up making more money because they were white and you know yeah touch on it in this movie but like the crossover like what the what the hell is a crossover um and the white boys just ended up i guess naturally being able to do it it's so funny i didn't know this man low-key i didn't know this group i didn't know they were fake because i grew up and my aunts used to watch this movie so much i thought the five heartbeats like legitimately me and my girlfriend watched this and we were singing the music and I was like, oh, I remember this song. So I did not know it was a fictional band until right now. Oh, wow. Like right now. You know, what's really funny is that, um, you know, there's so many things. We've had anniversaries with the Five Harbys. They just screened it at the Tribeca Film Festival last year. Uh, you know, it's just amazing how this film lives on and on and on. And it's so funny you say that because <laughs> there have been times where people have come up and said, you know, finding out the five heartbeats wasn't a real group that hit me like when i found out there was no santa claus <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, but that's real like i was i was I wanted to say something to bray like hey man i think that's a real group bro and i just googled it and i'm like oh it's not <laughs> yeah no, no. <laughs> wait <laughs> just now you were gonna you were gonna tell him in while we were recording well, i wasn't gonna say it. i wasn't he's was trying to he's trying to text me on the side yeah. like hey you embarrassing yourself man uh, <laughs> i don't remember when i found when i found oh, out specifically God. but i remember i lived a, a good amount of my life being like yeah yeah the five heartbeats like as they just as if y'all were <laughs> a real oh my goodness i was just gonna ask like like did you guys do did you do uh as an actor like a lot of research into kind of these these older groups i know you also because you were also in the temptations but was that that was after the five heartbeats right yeah that was after the five heartbeats yeah you know one thing with robert is that robert uh, townsend is uh you know he he set out he used to always tell us he was setting out to make a classic i said i want to make a classic mm. right it hasn't been a film with five black men who stay together through thick and thin and go through ter- times and tribulations and you know and that stay together he said, I want to make a classic. And he kept saying that, you know. So his research of the times and 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 the people we had, you know, Ruth Carter, an Academy Award for doing Panther. You know, that was like one of our first films. You know, it was like we like everything, the details all right. We we were lucky enough that we shot all he shot things in a sequence in which we shot all the stuff in the early parts where our hair was comped, because that was real, that was our real hair. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we had to shoot it back. So all the stuff where I had was regular. We had to shoot that towards the end. And then we had to, because, you know, once you conk your hair, once you fry it, yeah, that's right. it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Y'all did that? Wow. Yeah, you got you to you cut it off. You know what I'm saying? So, so, right. so that, that, was, that was interesting, too. It was great. Everything was so authentic. You know, the, the costumes and everything else. And Robert had done so much research because it was his pet project since he was, you know, since he was young. Mm, right. Wow. Yeah. I this it's interesting you say you know that like the the part of the motivation is like there hasn't been a movie where it's like it's five black black men and they stay they stay together. I find it interesting that that part of the motivation for doing it is you know like yeah there isn't a story about black men staying together through thick and thin because something that I find that I love about this is how at the end everyone decide like they're there at that reunion together you know. And decide to get up, and and even after, even after everything that that happens, you know, they choose to stay together. I thought that was I I think that that's something amazing about this movie. It is, you know, it's something that people take to heart. You know, I think you know, Five Heartbeats has become like our our family movie during Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you know, Granddad, like, come on now, we're gonna watch the Five Heartbeats. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids coming in, you know, you probably one, you probably one of them. You probably one boy use that other kid and sit there watching the five heartbeats. Some and, of the uh, first dance moves I ever learned were because of the five heartbeats. You know, I know, I know they were borrowed, they probably borrowed from other bands, but I didn't know, you know, I wasn't alive when those bands were around. So it was just like <laughs> I saw the five heartbeats and I was like, oh, let me get this, let me get this two-step. You know? <laughs> it's it's so funny because uh, Liam, right now I'm taking it to another movie like The Temptations. One of your lines from The Temptations is like really big on TikTok right now yeah big everywhere <laughs> everywhere yeah. everywhere <laughs> non-stop 
do, do you find because I I will admit growing up in my talking about Thanksgiving and stuff in my households my family is like women dominated like we have more women than men so there were two names we often heard like Leon and Prince you know what I mean so it's like like those were the things that, <laughs> those were the things that we heard growing up so I just I just am so curious to know like what is it like to go from just having that longevity of being honestly like a black sex symbol like because i think that's one of those one of those things where sometimes we review movies and it's almost like the the attraction is taken out of black men in some of these movies but it feels like over the years you've always had that kind of just air about you that just women seem to just gravitate towards so like how, how how is that i need to learn how to do that that's why i was asking about the <laughs> lotions and stuff earlier you know, for one thing, you know, if you know anything about me, I, w- I was born the only male in my generation. Mm-hmm. So I was around women my whole time, my whole life. I learned to love women before I started wanting to have sex with them, which is rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and so I, I generally like women and I think women are very intuitive. They can tell that about me. You know, my family owned a beauty salon. You know, it's like I knew everything about women. You know, women, women be talk- Remember back in the day where, where, where women used to try to tell you that, that their fake hair was real? now fake is like the thing you know what i'm saying yeah, right you know girl, right. have, girl have orange hair and one day and next day you see she's blonde and she and they and right. she's black yeah, <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. yeah right so yeah. so and it was funny because you know it's like oh no this is my real hair and i'm like she has no idea what my family does for a living <laughs> I, 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 I can i could be around the corner and see a weave <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the funny thing about, you know, that whole situation, I think that's what women are just, you know, kind of taken to me and that's great. But going back to Hollywood and you, you talk about, you know, the taking the romanticism and stuff out of black men. Okay. Well, if that's the case, okay. Which seems to be the case because women supported me my whole career. How come Hollywood hasn't given me those romantic roles? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Yes. Is that you think you think people don't want to see that? I think they do. Right. See that, see that 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 is the frustration. Like that is a frustration. Even when James mentioned, like you know, '90s had a kind of renaissance, but then dipped in the 2000s, and now we kind of have this thing. Well, I just saw two movies today, two trailers for movies which were like the black racism. One was at a school. The other one was like. Oh, a woman thought she was a slave, but wasn't a slave and got out. And I'm like, it is something about not having us in that romantic lead space. Like, I, yeah, it is frustrating. We, like hearing you say that is so frustrating. It's so true. And we've talked about that on the show, too, about how it's I mean, this is like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not we haven't seen every single film, but we've been doing this for a while now. And we've reviewed a lot of movies and we've talked about the fact that for like major motion pictures, there wasn't a black a sex scene between a black man and a white woman that didn't have to do about race like something like jungle fever for instance you know until focus like where race wasn't kind of the central issue of the fact that of this relationship or it's just this is just a couple this is a a rom-com you know this is a romance film you know it's like hollywood was like well we got to put the we got to put the black men with the black women and again those kinds of relationships obviously we want to see those relationships but it was just interesting to see because they would always if if there was a black male lead and then a black female lead then hollywood would be like well that's a black movie and we're only gonna sell that to black audiences and that's not a crossover film it you know which is of course the thing that we talk about in five harpies too which is interesting also yeah you know it's, it's kind of like that thing when they didn't let black dudes swim in pools so they were like oh man they're gonna take all our women they can't have you out here in the romance movies you know we're like meryl streep in them because they're gonna be like god damn it now we can't put a white dude in another movie with meryl streep Cause they're like, all the women love this black dude. Now all the white dudes ain't gonna have no jobs. They don't want you taking Meryl Street. You got Meryl I can't think of who does love cops. There's always gonna be that fear that the person or race or anything that you try to put your foot on is gonna rise up on you. And I think you know we we see a lot of it. And I think we're seeing the backlash of that of exactly that happening to us with Obama being president for two terms. Yeah. Right. We're yeah. seeing the backlash. We're seeing the backlash of that now. So, you know, in, in reality, it's really not about it's really not about what they're trying to do, because in essence, society is going to force their hand. 
You know, we live in a society now in America, the predominant race in America is mixed race. Well, how do you think that, how do how, how you think that happened? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of different, some storks or. <laughs> that's a lot of brothers sneaking into some white clubs. That's a lot of brothers, you know what I'm saying? That's real. What do you gravitate towards when you're picking like an acting role? Like where, where does that love come from? Like, is there certain parts that you really like? Are there certain people you really like working with or just like, how do you go about it? Well, there's several factors, you know, um, you know, most important is the story. I'm a storyteller. That's, you know, and that's all that really matters is the story. I mean, the movies you're talking to me about is because you love the story. You, you might like me in it, but that's not why you watch the movie. If the movie was whack, you don't care how good somebody is. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, true. That's, <laughs> I mean, right. that's what I'm saying. Like who, who, who wins? Who wins Academy Awards? Well, one of the actors that was in one of the best movies, nominated movies, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, who, who wins MVP in the NBA? Well, usually the guy whose team had the yeah. most wins that season, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just the that's way right. it is, you know? So the story is important. That's what it's really about. It's about telling the story. And so once I like the story, then I then it's about, you know, what part am I playing in the story? Is it an important part? Because that's what's important to me. If you can tell the story without my character, I'm usually not that interesting. Yeah. Right. And to that point, too, uh, do you feel like, have there been roles that you've been offered where you felt like, you know what? I don't know if this is a, a good look, should I say? Or like, you know, this is, there is a, a stereotype being played here and it feels like the people telling it kind of aren't doing it in good faith, for instance. Or it's not It's not trying to reveal something or, you know, or you keep getting boxed into a certain kind of, role do you, you know have you had to come across that in in your career yeah of course you know you read something like this nah 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 this could be way better and especially especially when you read it today where you know some people so many people in the business are woke you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you're like right nah 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 this ain't this this yeah. ain't flying today yeah. come on right you know really that's so cool just even thinking about that because watching movies slowly become woke over time it's just so interesting seeing you know even where movies were five years ago as compared to where they are now like are are there certain things that you would want to see in in films that you start choosing like hey man like no more i don't know like crackheads in in this movie or no more like because i know one of the things that is really stopping me from watching some of these movies is that it does feel like it's a news take on slave not slavery but like racism that we have to face versus just a black doctor trying to save this baby and keep his marriage together, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to be real, okay? So, and you say you hope there's no movies, maybe say, like, with no more crackheads in it. Well, yeah, I wouldn't mind that either, as long as there were no more crackheads. Facts. Right. But if facts. crack is crack is something that is prevalent in our society, then if we're telling true stories, especially as black filmmakers, okay, we're going to include those things because those are the things around us that we see, that we know about, that we have knowledge of, okay? And so, but the whole thing is what we've, I think everyone in this business has always strived for is diversity, okay? Like, I don't know any of you brothers, okay? But I'm willing to bet that we are very different in a lot of different ways, okay? Why can't we see that on screen? Oh, yeah. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's all that, right. that's what we're all fighting for. We all like we, we're different in a lot of different ways. I bet you all three of all four of us like different type of women. Yes. Right. Yep. That's yeah. oh, very but, true. <laughs> but if we were in a movie, but we were in a movie, we'd all have to like the same kind of woman. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or or we can all be in the same kind of movie because it's like you got two of us. So it's like we got two. They all the same. <laughs> all, you yeah. know. Let me go. Let me go back to something that happened to me early in my career, right in the '80s when I first started. I did a movie and it was on a lot of 20th Century Fox, and I had a meeting with this executive because they were interested in me because they liked my performance and stuff. I was an up and coming actor, and I was having a conversation with them, and he was talking about this upcoming film that they were developing, and he was they were interested in me being in it. He was telling me about it, and it was a situation, you know, typical situation. They had one of their, you know 
young white actors, Brat Pack type actors, whatever. It was kind of, you know, romantic comedy. And, and you know, I'm the, I'm the best friend. He sees the girl, the lead girl of the movie. And, you know, they, you know, they get together, whatever. I, so I said to him, I said, well, I don't see the girl too. <laughs> and he goes again, yeah, but you know, they're, they're the ones together. He said again, no, I understand. And that's cool. That's, you know, that's where the movie is. But I said, but she don't notice me. Like, am, I, am, I, am, am I unnoticeable? <laughs> like yeah. that's that's all that's all I'm saying. I was like, right, because you know, look, all of us, we got friends. I'm sure if we all walks like I got plenty of white friends, probably too many. And, <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is, realistically, if I went to a party or club with any of my boys, okay, whether he's a model, actor, whatever, and, and we meet some chicks, it's like I, I'm probably gonna get some play. Yeah, yeah. Get a, at least get a yes. hello. At least, <laughs> at least get a wave. I don't have to wind up with her in the movie, but come on, don't act, don't treat me like right. I'm a statue. <laughs> me, 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 and my black friend, he's a statue. Yeah, <laughs> he's only gonna help me yeah. make you fall in love with me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You gonna like, you gonna like me more because I have a black friend. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, it, it harkens back to what we were talking about, about like desexualizing the black, desexualizing black actors. You know, it's like when when a lot of times in these movies, it is like sort of like we're doing diversity. So we're going to cast the best friend who doesn't have sex or, you know, or, you know, is never dating or isn't as a person of color. And then they like you said, she don't see you. They re- they literally are. <laughs> invisible un- unless they are doing, you know, whatever the tropes are that they, that they wrote for this sidekick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, but you, you see the comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Those auditions yeah. are still coming. <laughs> well, if you let them, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Something that stood out to me in, in taking it back to the five heartbeats for a second, if I, if I can, is the comedy in that movie, you know, and I, I, I don't know how mu- how much of this in particular you recall, Leon, but like, what what was the like approach to comedy of of that film? Because you know, it's a, it's it has a lot of it has a lot of heart, you know, and it and it also obviously goes to some heavy places. But there is, you know, there's there's a lot of comedy evenly through throughout it. I just don't know if you if you could speak to that. Yeah, specifically, if I could reference a a, a moment in the in the scene, which is so good, there is a scene where basically your character is talking about a sex addiction, but I think it's referred to as like a dick addiction, yeah. Like, yeah, a dick you, problem, you a, dick, go- <laughs> a dick problem. <laughs> it's like. I just, just like my dick just can't say no, you know? <laughs> which was so funny because it was like it's talking about a thing that actually now like people, you know, people take seriously, but like kind of then like nobody would necessarily take that seriously. But it was like this kind of a, a fun way to like disarm the audience and bring in this real thing that your kind of character was going through. Well, you know, that's Robert Townsend. I mean, you have to realize as serious and as thought provoking and groundbreaking in some ways that The Five Heartbeats is, just remember that the writer and director is a stand-up comic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So you gotta remember, you know, Robert's, you know, Robert's, uh, he's not gonna leave the comedy behind unless he has to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right. It's so so funny. He was, uh, you know, in many, many ways, you know, kind of, he set the mold for Jordan Peele, for somebody like Jordan Peele, for instance, who's who crossed over from comedy into into directing and and writing. And yeah, I mean, it's I know it's as us like the three of us obviously we 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 do comedy, and that is definitely something that it's like him, like he is one of him and like Keenan and the and the and the Wayne's family. Honestly, they're just like they've done they've been such trailblazers in that kind of arena. Yeah, he's they they you know they've paved the way for so many that. You know, people that are out there today, you know, whether whether filmmakers or stand up comics or stand up comics becoming filmmakers, you know, it's just being able to express yourself in, in, in other mediums, you know, and taking it to another level. I think, you know, Robert Townsend, you know, Keenan. Ivy Wayne's, you know, both of them, the, the two writers of the five harpies, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of comedy, I, now I know I know we're supposed to be talking about Five Heartbeats, but we're talking about comedy now. One of the movies I've always loved was Cool Runnings. And I the thing I really like, and one of the things that I find very fascinating is the jumping back and forth between dramatic acting and then comedic acting. And I feel like a lot of times comedy, people be trying to play comics like, you know, being in a comedy is easy, but then sometimes a dramatic actor can't make that switch. And watching you and Cool Run, it's felt like, this is what I'm talking about. This is how you kind of go from a drama to a comedy, but still act with the stakes intact, which helps with the jokes. And the authenticity of the character. Now, authenticity, yes. Do you find that when you go from comedy to drama, do you change any of your, your mechanics when it comes to acting, or is it just kind of playing the world for what it is? Well, back to what I was telling you before, you know, what drives me is the story. And when the story is comedic, you know, or heart-wrenching or action, anything else, as far as I'm concerned as the actor, my, my job is to breathe life into the writer's words and to make my character real for you, okay? And so that's what I do in almost every role. And I think in a comedy, it's even more important because as soon as you believe that I am who I'm playing, I can take you anywhere anywhere. You go to the moon with me, you don't care. You get in a bobsled with me, you know? Like, you know like, you'll do it. And, you, and you'll be like, I, I'll take you to bobsled. You'll be like, yeah, go, go, Jamaica. You're like, you know what I'm saying? So, 100%. so the, 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 the thing is, so like, for example, like Cool Runnings, since you brought that up, like in prepping for Cool Runnings. So everywhere in my in my place where I live, there are pictures of every, you know, like athletes, sprinter, black sprinters like that. And I, and when I'm working out, I'm looking at my body to make sure that when you see me, because the whole opening of the movie is just me running through Jamaica. Mm-hmm. That's the opening mm-hmm. credits and right. everything. Yeah. So you got to believe, when you see me running, you're like, oh, well, that, that's an athlete right there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. like, it, they, they, like, I don't even say anything. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You, <laughs> that, that, I got you sold in, okay? And, and I think that's important. You know, and it's and it's and it's the same thing because you have know, been doing a lot of press for a day to die, and it's and it's the same thing. It's so it's like when you see me for the first time in that movie, you're like, oh yeah, ah, okay, I, I, yeah, that 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 thing is bad. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not fucking with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You, you and and once you do that, then you understand why everyone in the movie, even when I'm not on screen, they're talking about me. They're scared of me. You know what I'm saying? You get it because of the first when you saw me. You weren't thinking Leon. You weren't thinking nothing. You're just thinking, oh, this motherfucker right here. He, he's yeah. not to be played with. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, and, 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 I think, and I think that's important in any role, whether it's comedy or anything else, is to make you believe that I am who I am. That is the most important thing for me. Yeah, that's real. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, speaking of a day to day, how, I mean, I feel like, sometimes the, the most fun roles, especially to see some of your favorite actors see, is, is the role of a villain. And kind of to your point, like especially a villain that can command, has such a command of presence on screen that without even saying much, you can go, oh, oh, that's a bad dude. Because I will say, I, you know, I'm, I won't disparage anybody by name, but there have been a few f- action films that I've seen where you see a bad guy on the screen and you're like, ah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> you know, and it kind of ruins the mood. <laughs> yeah, you you say you sitting there looking like you looking at him like, oh, I could take his ass. Yeah, I could take his yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you're like, yo, man, come on. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, are they, is he just paying everybody or what's going on? <laughs> going to fight him? Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he better have a real bad henchman, you know? <laughs> Right, uh, but you know the thing. The thing is, what's what's important is like, it's like, you know, like for example, in a day to die, that's such an important role in the movie that if it's not, the movie's dead. Right. Yeah. You know, because people, you know, people ask me, you know, what, did you like taking a role? I said, dude, it's it's a role. It's me against the world. Why? Well, of course, I'm gonna like that role. You know what I'm saying? You asking me to chew up scenery and do the things that I do? I'm like, come on. It's like when I'm in my office right there during the movie. That's like you can tell. I spent a lot of time in that office, right? <laughs> right. You would think you saw me when you see me in there. You're like, oh, he in there every day, yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. you know, I'm exactly. the type of I'm the type of actor where, like, when people go to the trailers in between scenes, I stay in the room, yeah, mm-hmm. because I want the room to, to me to feel like it's my spot, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it feels like it's my spot to me, oh wow, yeah. you're gonna get that 
on screen. You're going to get it. You're going to get how familiar I am with my place. When I'm sitting at that desk drinking that cognac, you're like, oh, this is smoking the joint. Like, <laughs> this, this is him on the regular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is him yeah. on the regular, you know? That's fine. Except, except for people, except my ladies, they look at it like, Oh, that scene where you in the bathroom smoking the joint. Like that that's that was real, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny when you do a role, people start questioning you in real life. Hey man, was that was that real? I love that. Yeah. Was that filmed at your crib? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This is just fun. I was trying to think, like, when it comes, I guess it's the same thing. Do you have a preferred love? Like, for instance, like the action stuff, because I always think that's so cool to play versus like the more heavy dramas versus like the musicals. Is there like a genre that you're like, this is, you know, this is the thing I just. Of course, acting you would do all day, but like the preferred genre you would do all day, you know? Well, if you're asking me the preferred movie that I would do. Uh huh all day Mm -hmm. well my favorite 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 movies are movies that are seen (laughs) (laughs) are people gonna come see it those those are my favorite movies the ones that everybody sees yo that that was so real real. that was so real (laughs) oh shit (laughs) <laughs> and it's hard i mean like it's so interesting i mean it, it could also you highlighted movies but like you've obviously had a lot of television success as well and i think i don't know we're living in this time where it's weird because you know i mean the the it was already kind of headed in this direction because you have these huge franchises marvel and the superhero films and things like that and the kind of like mid-level movies been pushed to the side a little bit there aren't as many of those being produced it's like People, they always like, you know, it seems like Hollywood wants to make re- reboots and, and sequels and prequels and, and those kinds of things. Well, you're talking, well, those movies are being made, but you're not seeing them. But they're not, mm. you're not seeing them. They're not being pushed. They're, yeah, they're not being marketed. That's the problem. They're not, they're not being picked up for distribution and not being marketed. The unfortunate part about even this movie that I have coming out tomorrow. You know, we have a situation there that we're about to get into. And, I'm, and if you know me at the course of my career, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a controversial guy. You know, you don't see me, you know, involved in messes or, you know, complaining that because that's just not who I am. But I'm also someone who's going to stand by my principles on certain things, you know, and and you see a movie like A Day to Die. Well, I was just at a screening yesterday. You know, when I come on screen, the audience starts cheering. OK, and after the movie, that's what the critics and that's what all the friends, they're talking about me. Would you would you believe? And that's a film directed by a black director that takes place in the hood. Okay, they put out a poster that did that didn't have didn't have me on it, or even where it took place. They made it look like a war movie with Frank Grillo and um, and Bruce Willis and, and Kevin Dillon. So so basically, what you did is basically what you did is you none of you or myself. We would probably never even see the movie. We don't even know the movie takes place in the hood. We don't know the the character, the predominant characters like that is black. We don't know the black the films of black director. They cut out that whole audience right there, and that's and let me tell you something. We had a screening in Harlem just for that reason because they were crazy for it. So so explain that to me. This is 2022. 2022. We talking about this? Since you're keeping it 100, we'll keep it 100 too. <laughs> you. We yeah, because when we they when we got sent the the e- the email with the poster for this, we were confused at first because we didn't see you know it was like, like exactly what you're saying. People can go look this up, but the the you know the main poster of this doesn't have Leon's name, doesn't even have his name on it, let alone you know <laughs> him. And it's just like, and we were like, and that's what? not the, that is that is that is that is not the poster. That is not the poster that is used by the producer, director, or anyone else. There's other artwork that's being done. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, a one yeah. on like on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that, which I don't. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is that you looking at that post, you have no idea what that movie's about in any way, shape, or form. You have no idea that there's any black element at all. The movie was shot in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, wow, in the hood <laughs> by a black director. Okay, and that's the poster you it's, put out. It's that thing of. Uh, 
it's that thing where I feel like everyone keeps talking about diversity, but we've talked about it on the podcast, so I guess I harp on it a lot, where we we see these movies, they put one black person in the movie, but then still keep like the well-known white dude as a lead. And it's just, it hasn't changed the landscape that much. It's literally still hiding black people in, in ways but you're putting one black person or two black people, you know, either behind the scenes or in front of it. And that way they can say, oh, it's a diverse film. And it almost stops them from getting dragged. You know what I mean? But the fact that like you're in this movie, your director's black. And like, we don't know that is why, honestly, why Twitter is hopeful. Like that is why people should like be dragging these films because they feel like, oh, we did, we did our part. Uh, you don't get me, now you got me mad. <laughs> Well, listen, 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 let me tell you something. Like, these are things that I'm not happy about, but I wouldn't even drop, I wouldn't even tell you guys about it if I didn't want you to know. I want you to know because you have a voice. You're putting a voice out there and people need to know this, okay? Because for me, at this particular point in my career, I'm always trying to make it for the next brother better. Make things better for the next brother coming after me, okay? I don't want this happening, okay? This is ridiculous. Okay, I don't put in too much of my hard work. Like, can I ask you something? What is the number one way of marketing films and anything right now? So how I see a lot of things for me is like social, social. So, 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 social media, social media. Right, exactly. They, they, they ain't nobody in that film got more followers than me on social media. Shit, <laughs> yeah, man. What I got to do? I got to go to every beauty <laughs> salon and let the, and every woman come out there and say, we, his movie's on right now. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, what's what? What I no, gotta do? You, you gotta share that poster with the white people. On it. Like, you gotta you gotta tweet the poster with the white. No, people listen, on. listen. This is exact. It, it's you know what I said. This is that. You are my first interview. I've been doing press all week. You're my first interview in which I decided to talk about this. I'm gonna be talking about it more. But I just decided. I got the phone with the director. I was like, you know what, man? Nah. I'm not being quiet about I, this. I, you should, so. I don't, and I don't think you should be. You know, Phase on Love was removed from the international poster for Couples Retreat. And, and Ernie Hudson, one of the four Ghostbusters, isn't on any of the Ghostbusters covers. It's been going on for, it's been going on for so long, you know? Yeah, right. But you know what they're right. But we got, we got to say something about it. We got to stop this. Especially in this climate, in this climate where we have a voice, where people act like they're caring about this, Exactly. And it's so, it's so, because it's so, it's like, it's so funny. We, we, we've been talking about the five heartbeats as well. And one of the major kind of scenes of this movie is they get their album cover and they're like, Hey, so just the, by the way, there's this album cover. And like, don't worry about this. And they're like, don't worry about what? And, and you see the album cover and it's like a white family on a beach as <laughs> it's like, what, what is this? And it was, so they're, it's okay for them to hear our voice. It's okay for them to like, take our money to, to, you know what I mean? To, to market us in this way. But then the, when it comes to like, well, we, you know, it's, it, it's complicated. It's like, we just want the crossover appeal and what, and that, what that means generally is well if we put somebody black on this then white people won't want to see this which is insane too by i mean st- especially today what it's also doing is they're saying is that that the black dollar don't matter mm-hmm. yeah because they're not letting black people even though they want to see this film and, and it's so funny you mentioned that part about the five hobbies because that's what i felt like right uh yeah i just made a movie with a brother okay that took place in the hood which i already know my character dominates okay and i go and look at the poster that shit looks like it takes place in Vietnam. It does. <laughs> it really does. And yeah, it looks like it takes place in Vietnam with with, with three white actors fighting for yeah. the cause. Right. <laughs> and also, arguably, this is one of those movies where there could be a poster that is only you. You know what I mean? Like, there could be a poster that is you front and center, you know, with the... the, t- the well, hold on a second. There is, one, there is one. The producer made one just like that because he was like, this is what it needs to be. Oh, wow. Oh, we'll tweet that. We'll tweet that one out. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to find that. We'll, we're going to tweet that yeah, one no, out. If you, and if you don't have that poster, I'll make sure that Bree, my publicist, gets it to you right after Please, send it. Yeah. It's one of those things where it is frustrating. And it's, I, I'm happy you actually brought it up because I think a lot of times we review movies on this podcast and we talk about things and people, I feel like sometimes people don't believe that they still happen. I feel like we live in a time where especially in Hollywood, people like to pat themselves on the back and say, hey, we did a good job. But hearing you here promoting a movie and you're like, yo, this movie had a black director, which I 
literally looked them up right now. I was like, yo, I thought this was a, like a white movie. Literally, when your name came through, I said, hey, man, like, Bruce, there's a bunch of white people in this movie. That was that was my response. <laughs> that was my response. <laughs> there's a bunch of white people in this movie, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> they showed us the, they showed us that poster and we were like, why did they want us to show like, that like, film with three white actors? <laughs> uh, so, but, I, but it's really important because people need to hear, like, this stuff actually happens on a regular basis where, again, it is that kind of things we talk about in the Five Heartbeats what people bring up about, you know, Elvis and things like this, like people will use black folk in a way, but then almost remove them and put a white face in front, almost like they did most of the work, which really hurts because we just keep seeing that shit continue. You know what? Okay. So, so, so I want to take this even further because I definitely want to talk about, you know, a day to die. So Wes Miller, talented director, he has a great eye. I'm going to love to work with him again. And we plan on doing that again, but more importantly, what's, what's really crazy is that he created a villain in this movie, right? That not only is interesting, but the thing is, I, mean, I don't want to be a spoiler, but you, you, we already know that it's not your typical villain. And how, and how things get flipped in the end, you know, it's like, it's kind of very positive, okay? So now you have a different type of villain, a brother, Doing stuff illegally, but for a different reason, in in, in kind of in, in a Robin Hood kind of way. We're not promoting that to our people, dude. It's infuriating. <laughs> but wait a second, and this is this it's is now this is what's really crazy about it. What's really crazy about this is everyone will say at the end of the day, we'll do this about money. It's about money, right? Okay. Well, if it's about money, you got three guys here, and you're gonna cut out this whole other section. Or you already gonna get this audience. But you're basically cutting out the black and brown audience. We're seeing your so you're costing yourself money. Exactly, because to your point, because you honestly think that if, if, if white people see me on the poster, oh no, we can't watch it now. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. yeah. What is that? The the what the, the pool the pool yeah, has yeah, been tainted. The pool. Go back yeah. to the pool, man. <laughs> Go back to the pool. But that's the thing. <laughs> And that's the thing uh, that is so frustrating. The pool has been tested. <laughs> Everybody get out the pool. Get out the pool. Yo, brother jumped in. They, they've done studies. They've shown one, just like on, at, on the average, you know, when you compare like percentages and stuff, there's like black people go to the movies. They go to the movies usually w- more than white people do. They go to the movies all the time. Because we, because we need to. Yeah. It's our top <laughs> It's our break. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what you talking about? We Here's how escape. much black people love movies. There were there were decades in which there were no black people in films, or when there were only black people in films, there were only like maids and slaves and and gangsters or whatever. And it's like we still went to the movies. It, <laughs> you know it what I was mean? our night we, out. We saw those movies. So, and, how more, much but more, more so? Yeah, because you guys saw the movie. You guys saw the movie. You know this is the kind of movie our brothers well, and sisters it, like. Right. It, it's very <laughs> difficult because the thing is, it just takes yes. faith in that. It just takes faith in like, hey, man, if you promote it to the right people, you will find it. Like, it, niche is okay. Like, I remember I remember Issa Rae talk about it. It's like, having your niche and serving that niche is cool because they will support the shit out of you. Plus, honestly, let's be real. When Black folk think stuff is cool, it becomes cool. You know what I mean? It's like, the moment, the moment we like it, everybody's like, yo, we got to fuck with this. It's like, just market it to us so we can vet it. Like, literally, you would want our stamp to say, like, boom, this is the good thing. Who, who's, the number, who's the number one consumer of, of hip-hop I think and rap? Is that, is that white folk? I think, is that white folk? <laughs> white white uh, kids. Yeah, yeah. Okay? That, that, that's who... <laughs> Is a number one consumer. Okay. Gotta be real about it. All right. Yeah. So, so when you see a movie that takes place doing this rap music and everything else, you know, they, they try to get their street cred. Yeah, That's how they watch the movie. Then right. they quote it back to you. <laughs> I mean, I've had so many people like in meetings bring up Belly. Oh man, I used to love Wu Tang. I'm like, bro, listen, I, I get that you used to watch this on TV, but but please believe me, I know a little bit more about it than you do. So it's like, yeah, you reported it to the black folk. Damn, y'all about to have me have to go take a drink. But you know what's really funny, too? You know what's really funny, though, is when the brother goes in for a meeting, for a movie, whatever, and he's talking about, oh, I love I love Wu-Tang and everything else. And that brother went to private school. He, he, he wasn't listening to none of that. 
And, but because of his color and skin, he wants to start talking to him about Wu Tang. <laughs> See, now you got now you got to have your attention. I was talking to my friend today about the parallels of like what is acceptable black when it comes to like pitching things nowadays, because I feel like you know, there, there there is there is a type of black person I think that we we as in Hollywood are like Hollywood hasn't serviced yet because I feel like they don't look up to you know the people who, who I will say quote unquote are from around the way like ones that started saying cookout before cookout was cool the ones who like actually listened to Wu-Tang the ones who like was doing electric slide like just at like a birthday party like we don't service those people because then when we have the buy people who do get on they are oftentimes the ones who like went to these fancy schools who probably who deserve to be there too but we never see the other half, because the other half is deemed like the quote unquote, like Brillock said earlier, the black film, the one that seems lesser, even though it's the same type of quality. Matter of fact, I think, was it the Hollywood Reporter right now? Or someone has a, they're running a cover or article of like black famous, and they're just talking to like black people about what it's like just to be black famous. And the connotation feels weird to me because if you do have one of these quote unquote crossover actors who are black and something goes wrong, the people who usually stick up and support them are the black folk, you know what I mean? That almost was kind of neglected. Like, I literally was reading the article today and I was so pissed about it, of like the black famous, where it's like, no man, this is fucking famous. To be known is hard. You know what I mean? Like that is hard. But you know, but, but the, one th- the one thing about that though is about the black famous thing is like, well, you know, almost goes back to like, I think, Take it back to the Negro League in baseball. Satchel Page, all these dudes that they know would just destroy Major League Baseball. They wouldn't let in, all right? Until they were too old, you know, and then they would let in, you know, but they wasn't killing them, you know what I'm saying? But it's the same way. It's like, okay, so you mean to tell me that you're going to make a film and you want to get the support of the black audience? Well, I think you should do some research. Who do black people like? Right. Who do black people like? Like, throw some names out to black people. Go in the beauty salon and throw some names out. They're going to tell you who the fuck they want to see in a movie. Right. <laughs> They're going to tell you straight up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he all right. Yeah, he all right. Yeah. Nah, you need to make so-and-so. Right. You need to make, yeah, you need to put him in the movie. <laughs> yo, you want to, yo, yo why, watch him in this movie. You won't forget his ass. Put him in the movie. That's yeah. what we like to watch. Yes. Yeah. You watching you watching my movies, they watching my movies 20, 30 times over again. Okay? Which to me, wait a second. I feel com- completely blessed by that. Because I always wanted to do, it's all I ever wanted to do is do memorable work. Work that lasts past my time. So for that I feel very appreciative. But you're also watching my movies 20, 30 times, cause they ain't giving me new ones. <laughs> Right. Oh, so true. It's so, and it's so If you sit around infuriated. and say, oh, I love Leon. I love Leon's like that. You'll go watch an old movie. It's so, it's so real. I mean, like, especially now, the, you know, again, I'm not, I don't want to disparage other, other white actors, but there are certain people who I'll see and they're getting, because I don't know, we're in this time now where people are like, they, they want to attach celebrities to, to everything. But they always seem to drag up older white celebrities like who were in like some television show that, you know, people watch for a couple of seasons and now and that's all they did. But like now that person's the lead of a, another sh- like some prestige show where they're being put in these movies. And I'm like, you had all these black actors who were crushing it, who were doing the box office numbers were hot. People were like you're saying, were seeing their films dozens and dozens of times. They still reference them to this day. And yet, why are we not seeing those actors get the the chances again like i don't that's the part that i don't i don't understand because pe- I, there is a one time where hollywood could be like oh well you know that that person's time has passed but we know that's not true anymore okay <laughs> we, we see so many old actors getting brought out the woodwork being put in things and you're like this person was famous for two seconds and they weren't even that great when they were and meanwhile meanwhile we got these people who who are in movies that like we're given a $3 million budget and they wound up doing 40, 50 million at the box office, just making t- crazy amount of money for what they were given. And yet, where are their roles? I, that's the part that I don't get. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but, and, but listen, a big part of it 
and it goes we go back to the whole topic we were talking about before. A big part of it is marketing and how you put stuff out. When you know, like if 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 I've done any interviews more than anything else is is talking about why the five heartbeats didn't do well at the box office. That was voted the number one movie for African Americans by AOL. Okay? Over the color purple. Okay? Why didn't it do well? It was the marketing. Robert Robert fought them. Fought them. Four weeks before the movies come out, there was still no trailer in there. Because the trailer that they had was just us dancing and stuff with our hairs comp. Now you know brothers is like looking at this like, hey, wait, and this is this is like New oh, Jack no. City's coming out. <laughs> right. So they look, so they so they got us on the trailer for New Jack City. They're like, the fuck is this? <laughs> These are like, why aren't you, why aren't you seeing Big Red hang my man out the window? You know, why aren't you seeing like you know say like you know we want you know we want to see some controversy. We want to see people go with that. There's an incredible you know chase scene in the beginning yes, of the and he comes in singing. Come on, man. <laughs> so after a while, Robert, Robert has to give in to him because he got to have some trail out there. And then he's saying, look, my, you got to put our poster on buses and train stations and stuff. That's where our people are. You, you ever see a Spike Lee movie where you don't see his thing on every bus stop? Right. <laughs> that's because that's because we ride the bus. Right, exactly. <laughs> we in the inner city. <laughs> it, it's so crazy, even you hate they say that. It's like there's been interviews with, with Spike recently, because I think, you know, he's in that golden era, him and Sam Jackson, where they just call people out. Like, you know, Sam just had an interview where he talked about how he should have not only been, not only should he have won more than one Oscar, but he says the movie he should have won for, and then like talks about the people who got nominated. And even thinking about Spike, Spike even talked about making, uh, was a miracle at St. Anna, and having to pay for promotion like himself. And I'm like, this is a dude that Hollywood talks about. Like one of the black, the black auteur. You know what I mean? There are very few directors whose names people know. And Spike Lee is, is one of them. You know what I mean? Everybody knows who Spike Lee is. He shouldn't be having to. Without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Black, white, whatever. He was talking about recently, I forgot, uh, I forgot which movie he had that came on. Oh, uh, was it Black Klansman? He was talking about basically he had some movie come out, but he couldn't get enough money for it because they were putting so much money into de-aging Robert De Niro. Uh, oh, The Five Bloods. He was talking about what he had to go through with The Five Bloods because a lot of the money they spent on this white movie de-aging like a 70-year-old Robert De Niro for an entire movie. <laughs> and like, and that's the dude. Oh, that was that, that, oh, that was the Scorsese movie, and it's yeah. like you know if you yeah, think about yeah, it, yeah. like Spike was a dude, and to hear this black man who's done so much still have to go through the same thing is like goddamn, you know. That just you just made me realize that they will spend, they will literally spend like twenty whatever millions and millions of dollars just so an older white actor can play a part that they've aged out of before giving it to a black you know what i mean like i know that that movie was like specific and that movie with De Niro stuff that that movie was like two two years in the making they did they shot it then they had to shut down then they looked at it then they and then the, the whole aging process of what they could do on film changed during the whole process so they had to go reshoot stuff so they could use the new technology and yeah. not to mention, you know, The but, Five yeah. Bloods also has de-aging in it. <laughs> and they oh, were just yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, they, I, I, they had to use makeup. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they yeah. had to use. I think, I think it's going to be <laughs> one of those things where, you know, it's going to have to be like us, our generation, to like, to look out. Like, when I think about, you know, you know what Quentin Tarantino does, like, Quentin Tarantino will put whatever dude, like what Brie Lock is saying, I used to watch this movie on public access TV. I thought he was great. Quentin will put that dude in the movie and give him a juicy part. I think it's now for, for us to be like, all right, bet. These are the people we grew up loving. Let's do the thing once we get on. You know, I think the hard part is getting on, of course, but... That, you know, wait, 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 wait a second. Exactly. And, 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 and you hit the nail on the head, you know, that we have Black directors out there. We have Black producers out there that are doing well. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. But yeah. <laughs> Put down yeah. the people you know we know. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, no, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, exactly. I mean, no, but no, Tarantino's great at that. Tarantino got a hot movie. You know what he said? First person I'm putting, no, I'm putting Wistane back on, John Travolta, because that's what was, that's yeah. what the shit when I was That's growing. literally what he did. Right. And he, he put him on. His career's gone from there. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, and, and you know, and, and, and the thing is, I'm sorry about that. The thing is also is that we have, I mean, <laughs> 
Dude, do you know how many times I run up on a, a producer, director, actor? I ain't gonna mention any names because I'm not a name dropper like that. But um, especially if there's any controversy, they go like this. Oh, Leon, yo, dude, I gotta work with you. Dude. Like that's bucket list for me. And I, and I'd be like, just call. Me. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Call and let's see what happens. You know, but if you don't make you don't make that call. It ain't really on your bucket list unless your bucket right. is real goddamn big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. I, that's why I think it is. I mean, I, I judge people by like, my girlfriend gets mad at me because I will look at who shows up to what award show. So if I see a famous black actor show up to like, you know, SAG or the Oscars, but then don't show up to the NAACP awards or the African Critics Festival, I'm like, it's hard because yes, you could be busy. You could be busy. But some niggas sending in tapes. So I'm like, you can at least do something on your phone and like send in the tape. But if you make time to go to those white events and not the one that has always looked out for us when no one has, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it's very tough for me. The one that was created for us because no one else was created because we weren't including the other ones. It's tough, man. It's real tough. Cause there's certain people who like, you know, but people I love, you know, who I'm noticing now as an adult who, you won't see on Ebony like that, but you will see him on THR. You won't see at the NLACP Awards, but you will see at SAG. You know, it's, it's, won't see it to be at the BET Awards, but we'll be at the Oscars. And it's like, we are picking it, that little subtle things, picks and chooses, like what community you really want to be a part of. You could do all of it, which is do all of it if you want to do some of it, but then you actively choosing not to do the black ones kind of says something about what you think this base is to me, which sucks. Yeah, well, if that's the case, I, I that uh, that I don't really know, but if that is the case, you know, an acting career is like this for most almost every actor is like this, and that's only right. if you're an actor like me, right. who works for like three decades. Mm-hmm. Right. Most people, most people I started with ain't even yeah. around. <laughs> so, right. So what I'm saying is that, right, exactly. When you aren't as hot, okay, it's that base that supports you. Exactly. It's like, oh yep. shit, oh now you oh now you showing up at the image awards. Now you showing at the BET Awards. Okay. <laughs> you ain't because you ain't as hot as before. Okay. But when you was hot, when you was hot, you was gonna get more eyes on the show because you was showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Man, this was fun. Okay. Leon, yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, is there anything else? We we've talked about a lot. I I mean, this has been incredible. Is there anything else you you'd like to say or 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 talk about before we Start wrapping it up. No, no, I appreciate this conversation. You know, it went all around the world. We really did. But it touched some really good points. I really want people to go see A Day to Die. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm proud of my work in that movie. I'm proud of Wes Miller's work. I want to see him get more movies with bigger budgets. Yes. Um, we got we to gotta support us. And yeah, get the word out there because they damn sure not going to get the word from looking at that poster. <laughs> no, man, please, please. Um, <laughs> Send it, yeah. Send us that poster. Yeah, man. We we send that up. Uh, you uh, you will get you 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 will get that tonight. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Even if I even if I got even if I got to get on a plane to deliver it to you at your door. <laughs> <laughs> like yo 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 yo, be on at the door. God damn. Yes. <laughs> he got the poster with him. He, he got, got the poster. poster yeah. <laughs> he, he signed it too. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, please, everyone listening, A Day to Die. It's in theaters right now. You can see it in theaters and on demand. So whatever, you know, whatever you prefer, that that is the world that we live in nowadays. You know, if, you, if you're too scared to go outside. That, that, that said, I think, you know, we unfortunately get, didn't get to see it in theaters. But I actually feel like this is a movie you want to see in theaters. You know what I mean? You want to go see this. You want to get this in theaters. Yeah, man. Get that energy. Get that energy. Thank you so much again, Leon, for 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 doing this with us. Uh, this has been honestly an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Well, definitely, I enjoyed it. I want you, young brothers, to keep doing your thing. All right. All right. Well, you can follow us at Black Men Podcast. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. You got links to merchandise. We got links to a defunct Patreon. No new episodes on there, but there is a year's worth of episodes if you give us $5 a month and for however long you'd like to do that. It helps support the show. Also, you can rate and review us. If you give us five stars on iTunes, we will read your review on the air. Uh, as I pull that up, Jirai, you want to 
plug our socials. <laughs> yes, you can follow me at Gerard Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow James at James Third Comedy, and his website is JamesThirdComedy.com. Braylock is at John Braylock on Twitter yeah. and Instagram, right? There we go. Right. There we go. And this review is by <laughs> Waterfalls of Consciousness. That is what the that is quite the name. Wow, waterfalls of consciousness. Waterfalls of consciousness says that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> what <laughs> What's up fellas? I am an avid hip hop listener like most of the world and Tupac Shakur is automatically in everyone's top 5 of hip hop icons. It would be cool that's to right. honor his acting chops as well. We have we have done a few. We did. We did. Um, poetic justice. We did poetic justice and juice. Juice. There he is. He says in his film Gridlocked, he plays a realistic version of a troubled musician who happens to be addicted to narcotics. His partner, played by Tim Roth, are trying to get bo- get both of them off the streets, running from gangsters, cops. It's a great film worth reviewing. All right. Well, we will add that to our list as well. Uh, we do have a list that letterboxed. Black men can't jump, I think. So if you want to... Bro, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't You know, know, send us movies to review. You can. And that is... I mean, we didn't... We we, we didn't give a, a rating to the five heartbeats with Leon there, but... You know it's office. You know it's office. You know it's office. You know it's three black men. You know I mean, it's office. Don't out. play, don't play <laughs> I mean, those games. You, 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 you knew what was happening. We didn't have to do it. We didn't nah, have to nah, do we it. We knew. We knew. You understood it. All right. Well, you know what? We'll see you next week. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Bow, bow, bow.